and welcome to View from the Rock podcast. I'm your host, Ruck Daddy, and I'm here this week with Papa Swappa and Morgie. How are you guys doing this week? Doing well, doing well. It's been a busy, busy week and a half since our last podcast dropped. How about you, Mr. Morgenthaler? I'm doing great. Just a little lower back issue, but we can take care of that. What uh, What'd you do? I think I slept wrong and woke up and being 47, just lower back pain and now just having a few issues, but I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Sleeping wrong is, uh, is a cause of a lot of injuries as you get older. I mean, I might have just rolled over wrong. I mean, my wife thinks when I sneeze, I could do it, but. That can happen as well. So are you, uh, are you uh, taking any over-the-counter medication for that or? I am sucking it up and not doing anything. Well. Just a little Theragun and. and <laughs> Theragun. Mm. Aside from the, uh, the back injury, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. Just busy. We had basketball yesterday with Swish. Same with you. So did we. Um, Rowan left for sneaker con in Seattle, which was a a major event, I guess. So I don't know much about sneaker con, but um, I assume it involves shoes. Yes, and so the biggest thing is there's probably six to seven thousand people there at the convention center. Gary Payton. Nate Robinson were the guests. Uh, they have vendors, and you bring cash only to buy, sell, or trade shoes. So does SneakerCon rotate sites every year? I believe so. I think they have sneaker cons in different cities across America. Did, so, did, sorry, Mr. Mr. So it's sort of like Comic-Con Correct. in that way. Is that... There, I've not familiar with that i am i know of it but well people have favorite fantasy science fiction characters and they they <clears throat> go to uh, panels where authors or creators of those people will be there to um, talk about those characters or the life of being a, an author or creator but obviously the best part is that people dress up like those characters so i'm kind of curious did anyone dress up like a shoe or a i didn't ask rowan but I know that he spent five hours just going to every vendor, looking at all the shoes, and same with my sister and sister-in-law, Megan. I know my mom, Grandma Patty, hated it. Five hours of walking around looking at shoes. But Rowan had a great time. He came home with two pairs, some Jordans, and an I-don't-know-shoe-lingo. Mr. Swap, do you do you know shoe lingo? I refer to every pair of Nikes as Air Jordans. <laughs> so, Mr. Rock, do you know? Like, there's I don't know the terms. I have eleven pairs of Air Jordans. You know, I think the important thing for Swap is that he could turn any shoe into a shoe that could tap along to a song, like a toe tapper. Well, you know, <laughs> I wish we love toe tappers. <laughs> Rihanna. Rihanna's yeah. oh, a okay. Thank you for bringing that up. I found out this week that Rihanna, which I think is actually how we pronounced it the first time, is how you're supposed to pron uh, pronounce it. I went back and watched a little clip of her on the Ellen show, and she said it's Rihanna, and everyone else pronounces it Rihanna, and they're wrong. 
So, so Rhiannon is the Fleetwood Mac song. So the only difference is True. there is an N at the end of her name if she becomes a Fleetwood Mac song. So Rihanna. What? <laughs> no, for... Rihanna. Yeah, yeah, Rihanna. It sounds really weird now when you say that. I All right, well... I can't help that. So hey, real quick today, just got back from lacrosse. Rowan's first time ever playing, and it was... 38 degrees and almost snowed. But I just wanted to say that we have a friend, Mr. Johnston. His son is very good at lacrosse. He has spent a lot of time on the pitch, uh, cradling. Um, and those are the only two terms I know, even though my son played about seven years of lacrosse. I never really got past the terms pitch and cradle. I was sitting next to Grandpa Bill and Papa Pat, and Papa Pat had 100 questions, and I ignored him after a while, and all I heard was middies. There's, a, there's middies. Midfield. There's, there's attack. You know, there, there's also a crease. There is definitely a crease. And then there's markup. Which I think is kind of a universal term. That For I've playing used. defense? Yes. So in basketball, they say D up, and that now comes from the bench. Which I hate. I don't. I, I can't understand why that happens. So, Ruck, you you will hear uh, teams when we play tournaments. They say D up, D up, D up, and then the crowd goes with them. I heard that at the uh, district is it district uh, championship game that we were in. We were our 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 uh, student section was yelling that quite loudly. The Seahawks uh, bench. Things. And I think everything comes back to Seaholm at some point in time here on the View from the Rock podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. The Seaholm bench was, was yelling, you know, D up from the bench. Now, I know as a baseball coach, if, if there is any kind of synchronized vocal cheering from the dugout, that is, it's, it's not allowed. You can't, you can yell things, but you can't do anything that is. Synchronized. So, like back in the day, hey, batter, 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 swing, batter. Well, now if you're doing that at second base, and your coach is Morris Buttermaker, then that's not a real person. You're completely within the uh, within the 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 uh, you're within the the uh, baseball etiquette world. You're okay doing that. But if you had 13 guys in the dugout doing that in unison, I believe that. Under the National Federation of High School rules, that is that's determined to be not legal. Hmm. So, Ruck, yeah, have you ever heard of that name, Morris Buttermaker? No, that's a fake person. Not a fake person. Uh, Morris Buttermaker is a legendary little league coach, um, played by Walter Matthau in the original Bad News Bears. Hundred percent correct. Oh, so the 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 coach in Bad News Bears, his name is Buttermaker. Morris Buttermaker. Is that what he's called in the movie? I or, believe they referred to him as Coach. So so like <laughs> is this actually they didn't just base it on him, like it's actually him. I I mean an actor playing him. It is a it is a fictional character. Portrayed by Walter Matthau. I believe that they referred to him as Buttermaker. Mm. 
Wow. And wasn't Kelly the pitcher that showed up on the motorcycle? Kelly Leak. And I believe he was played by, you might want to fact check this, Mr. Ruckdashall. Oh, I believe he was played by Jackie Earl Haley. I can't answer that. I might get I just know that he was smoking heaters and <laughs> showing up with a 80 Kawasaki um, to each game. For the young people like me that are listening to this, when you say smoking a heater, uh, what do you mean? Uh, smoking a cigarette. Okay. A long dart. A long dart. A hey, long dart. You know, not a lawn dart. We're almost 10 minutes into this podcast, and we're still saying hello to each other in our intro. <laughs> Uh, and I think we have a couple shout-outs that we wanted to get in there before we move on to our first topic of the day. Yeah, a couple shout-outs. Tomorrow is the first day of spring sports, and we've got two outstanding young men at our local high school who have committed to colleges, one of whom just signed the other day, Jacob Hayes, standout basketball player, signed with Azusa Pacific in California, where I believe his mother played basketball. Shannon. Correct. And also Staley Moore who signed back in the fall with Bellevue Community College, a fine community college traditional powerhouse here in the NWAC. Now, is the Bellevue coach, is he still, that's the legendary... Mark Yoshino, and he's been there since I was in college. And he was an assistant when I was playing at Green River Community College. And so that's... Uh, for those of you that don't know me, that that's a long time ago. He's been there a long time. And the, the, the junior college baseball world is very transient, I think, with coaches. It's tough to make a living doing that. So if somebody can stick that out for a long time, uh, it's tip of the cap to him. I mean, that's probably 30 to 35 years. Well, how old do you think I am, Mr. Morgenthaler? I think you're 50, but you look 40. Well answered. <laughs> Wow. I'm not sure if you deserved that right there. In case you were wondering, Bellevue Community College, their mascot is the Bulldogs. I want to say that at one point they were not the Bulldogs. I, I feel like they were a, a helmsman or a Norseman hmm. at one point in time. Does that ring a bell? That does not ring a bell for me. What but you th- also we look at the neighboring, you know, I'm a Skagit Valley Cardinal for life. Yes. And then you have the Edmonds Tritons, correct? You have the Shoreline. What is Shoreline now? Dolphins. Because when I was in college, Shoreline was the Samurai. So they are the Dolphins now. But real quick, the Edmonds Tritons, a little uh, alumni. We have Colin Resch and John Murphy from the uh, Oregon crew, Mm. the TCH. Our Edmonds Tritons. Oregon Oregon crew. Always comes back to the Oregon crew. So some of the Oregon crew spent some time at Edmonds. Yep. Two of them. I'll be darned. And what's Everett? Trojans. They are the Trojans. Hmm. Well, I think I'm going to move on from that. Uh, Hey, our first topic today is district and regional recap for basketball. Go. Mr. Swap. Well, we have, this is the time of year for high school basketball fans. We've talked about it before, a lot of, a lot of big excitement. And, and uh, the last time we met, we were looking forward to the district championship, which was going to be Anacortes and Seaholm at that point in time. They played a great game earlier in the year during the regular season. Uh, Anacortes won in overtime. You know, there are those among us who think that Seaholm might be the best team in the state 
but the best team in the state doesn't always win a championship, as we all know. But they played for the district championship at Mount Vernon High School uh, last Saturday, so eight days ago. And how did that game come out, Mr. Morgenthaler? So Anna Chorus was the winner. We cut down the nets. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go. I had a, a game I had to coach. I listened to the fourth quarter, but was getting updates from uh, Papa Pat. And uh, the first off, according to him, the atmosphere was electric. Everyone you talk to, one of the best venues ever. We've talked about that. Um, Ted House, who covers our NWC, same thing, was saying that. We were up 21-10, I think, first quarter. I think what happened is we went zone the whole game and it changed the whole landscape. I don't think we could have played them man and been able to win that game. And it sounded like we were ahead a lot of the game by 10, 12 points and, you know, Seaholm would make a little run here or there, but it sounded like the game, it was a great game to be at. And even though it sounds like maybe it wasn't that close, it was a really super competitive game. Well, the fourth quarter. So when I listened on the radio, we were up 10. Seaholm goes on a 5-0 run. So we're up five. They have the ball. I think it was Garrison, their post, missed a layup, rimmed out. Would have been a three-point game. Mm -hmm. Davis Fogel gets the rebound, comes down, and it's one of those shots as a coach where you're like, oh, no, and then nothing but net for a three, we're up eight. And that was a minute left. Yeah. That was the game. So and then it was just free throws from there on out. Big swing there. And then Linden took the third seed, so they're the third team from our conference to move on to regionals. Uh, then our regional format here. What do you think of our regional format we have? I think it's awful. I agree. I want to go back to the old 16-team four-day tournament uh, where you play – Guaranteed two games. And I don't know if we rank them one through six, you know, one place 16, two 15. But this, I don't know, has it been five, six years now we've done this regional? Yeah, five or six years. Can you explain to me, as someone who doesn't know what the format is, uh, up into the details, uh, how it works and what the consequences of it are? So when you make it out of districts, we the state re-ranks you six, 1 through 16, and you go to a regional game, and the top eight from regionals play each other. So 1 plays 8, 2, 7, 3, 6, 4, 5. That game, a winner is a first-round bye, and they're automatically in the final eight in the quarterfinals for the state tournament. Loser is still going on to, to the state tournament, but they're playing a loser-out game. Nine through 16 are, so nine plays 16, 10, 15, et cetera. Those teams are playing a loser-out game to regionals or to state. So that means that even though there's 16 teams going to regionals, only 12 make it to state. So technically, those four teams that lose that regional game they get the, oh, okay, you made it to regionals, but you're not at state. You didn't get to go to Yakima. Yeah. And then, if I understand right, if you were one of those top eight teams and you lose, 
there's four of you, and you're going to now play on Wednesday, the first day, uh, against the winners of those those other four teams. Correct. Uh, from the bottom eight. And if you don't win on Wednesday, you're out. You're out. You, you don't you don't get a second game at state. Nope. You're going home. So for a billion years, sixteen teams would go to state, double elimination. If you lost, you couldn't win it, but you'd get another game. So you're not going to Yakima playing for sixty eight minutes, then turning around and going home. And you know, most districts now you lose on Wednesday, you're driving home Wednesday night. Not only does that not make sense when I hear that from the standpoint of um kids not getting to go to a state atmosphere um, potentially or fewer teams get to uh, it also doesn't make sense from the travel aspect of Prosser had to come all the way to Anacortes and we're gonna have to go to all the way to Yakima and there's other teams that had to travel a lot when all of us could just go to Yakima we could play maybe two games on Wednesday one in the morning one at night I don't know is that possible in basketball two games in one day no no. But I'm, I'm going to give you another great example of what you're talking about. In 3A, Walla Walla has to go to Mount Vernon on, on a, a Tuesday. Tuesday. And there, you really Ooh. can't get farther apart in the state of Washington than Walla Walla and Mount Vernon. Walla Walla wins, turns around, goes home, has to come back to Arlington on a Saturday. Now, we're always talking here in the education profession about what's best for kids. Is that best for kids? Well, I imagine that the WIAA board must be made of educators. You would think so, but they must not, must be a little far removed from the education mindset of us teachers here. I'm sure they all spend a lot of time in the classroom. But if (laughs) if you think about the regional tournament, there's regional sites. Arlington was a regional site. Arlington boys qualified for regionals. They played the winner of Mount Vernon Walla Walla in their own gym. <laughs> so you have a sweet 16 game where they're playing in their own gym and Walla Walla has to come back after going to Mount Vernon. So that's not, again, that's not right. And Seaholm is, what, what were they seated? So for regionals. For regionals. So regionals, you look at the top eight. You have Pullman one, Anacortes two, Renton three, Mark Morris four, Seaholm five, Linden six, Prosser seven, R.A. Long eight. So Seaholm's a five. So of the 16 teams that make the state tournament, Seaholm's a five seed. They go on the road, play Mark Morris, I believe, in Chehalis, which is pretty close to a home game for Mark Morris. That's an hour? And... And and uh, Mark Morris got him by like twelve. They were up ten at half, and it was kind of that way. I kind of thought Seaholm would get them, but I don't know a ton about Mark Morris, except for you know we are very good friends or great friends with uh, Mr. Steve Cloakey, who's an assistant coach, longtime assistant down there at Mark Morris with Bill Bacamus. Shout out to Steve Cloakey. Uh, they're legends. Uh, I think he played with you in nineteen ninety. He is a 90 grad, outstanding athlete. So Mark Morris wins that one. You have Linden, who dominated Renton, beat him by 30. I watched the live stream of that, and it was like watch. It was like the video equivalent of talking to a neighbor with a soup can connected with a string. <laughs> uh, oh, it was awful. It was awful. I. It was Wait. almost like I needed glasses, but I. I 
had them on, but it didn't. They didn't work. So I just took them off. It did. It was like watching. <laughs> remember going to the 3D movies where you'd get the little glasses when you'd go in, and you'd take the glasses off and look at the screen and get like motion sickness. It there, was like I didn't have my 3D glasses on. There was a, a lot of yelling at the uh, Papa Morgie's house during the Renton Linden game because of because of the feed. Correct. Why Why can't we just get the Anacortis? What a, what the rock? What would you call our our video department here at the high school? Uh the broadcasting. Yeah, the broadcast broadcast club. The, so their their broadcast channel is called the Rock, correct? Yeah, but it's well, it would be the broadcast club. So they right? can't so, they but, can't do that during uh, districts and regionals because of WIA rules. And there's I felt like they, that they have happened. A, didn't didn't we during football season? Didn't they get to do one of those? Like their one at home. I think when we played, uh, didn't we play Spokane? West Valley is Spokane. And our our high school broadcast team looks like ESPN compared to, well, they, they do a really good job, but compared to what we watched on that stream from Renton, from Renton and Linden. Um, well, that's kind of where I'm going, is why can't we just rent our broadcast club out to NFHS Network, whatever that thing is that you watch it on i assume that's what you're watching on most of the time when i go there it says it's a live stream and there's not actually anything to stream i feel like that would be a nice little way for the broadcast club to make some moolah and our broad broadcast club is fantastic amazing i, I and, and i don't think that is necessarily unusual i think that there's a lot of high school kids out there that can do that and i don't know who was filming the game from Auburn Mountain View High School, but it looked like somebody was... Well, I don't know if that's an NFHS problem, but so when we got back from our regional game yesterday, watching Seahome Mark Morris on the computer was fine. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's transferring that from the computer to the TV. The good news is, and I think I think this is a byproduct of the COVID era, is... You can see just about any high school game now. I think it's great. So parents, family members out of town, they can watch. Or, you know, if you're just an introvert like me and you don't want to leave the comfort of your own couch, then you can watch all of that. Even though you live a two-minute walk from the high school. Well, call it five. But, you know, sometimes you get done with school at the end of the day. And as much as you love all the kids that come to your classroom, and as much as you love all the people that are going to be at their ha that basketball game, I want nothing to do with going to that basketball game. Sometimes I, I, I feel the same way. You've had 784 conversations during the day, and that's, that's a long day. So real quick, just to recap from the regional game, for our hometown, Anacortes Seahawks, we're lined up to play, play the Prosser Mustangs. Mustangs, and I believe a uh, famous alum of Prosser is current San Diego Charger. Check that. Los Angeles Charger offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. Who went to Boise State. Set all kinds of records. Left-handed quarterback. Shout out to Boise. Zach in the Melba. That's right. <laughs> what is the real name of the burger joint? Uh, Cook's. Two hole, not, not the not the Melba two hole, but it was in Melba. Yes, and all these years I kept telling Zach the Melba two hole, 
And he didn't correct you? No, never did. Well, they, they raised polite young men in Melba. <laughs> what a sweetheart. So we show up to the uh, gym in Arlington. And speaking of Arlington gym, I, I like Arlington. I have a few friends there, but their lighting sucks. Dark. Oh, it's awful. Everyone's complaining. But anyway, we uh, we ended up not pulling that game out. Sounds like Prosser's tough. They are. They run a 1-2-2. Two, two. So for those of you that don't know, just a 1-2-2 two, two zone, they extend the one guy way high above the three-point line. He was about a 6-6 six, six, 10th grader and just had trouble. We just haven't seen that type of a zone all year. What is the reason that you would run a zone like that compared to a 2-3 or a box and one? Just that where you have a long athletic big on the top. So then you've started out with the one instead of the two. So the gaps are different when you're trying to break it. Hmm. And then they're leaving that 15-foot jumper open, which is right now everyone says the worst shot in basketball. You know, unless you hear a broadcast crew talk about the Phoenix Suns, and then they love Chris Paul's mid, mid-range game. And they specifically will mention that when you get to the playoffs, that's the time where the mid-range jumper is a big deal. Apparently, it wasn't this weekend, too. I, I, I'm sorry, but I, it's a, for high school sports, you want people taking that shot every, every time. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough shot for kids. And especially when you get the ball and you turn and there's no one there. Yeah, that freaks people out. Yeah, just those analytics these days, right? Say, if you're going to take a shot, if it's very far away from the hoop, make it a three instead of a two. Yeah. So we grinded it out. We we cut it. We tied it. We just we gave up too many easy buckets. Um, it was it was just it wasn't our night. And then you know we tried to grind it back out at the end and cut it to three, but then had to foul. We only had three fouls. With three minutes left in the fourth quarter. Refs letting them play? Yes. Very, yeah. It was physical. Um, We had one ref from our district, but they just let them play. I think playoff basketball is different. They allow allow a little more physicality. So what's that do for the bracket going into the state tournament? So we were uh, two. So now we lost that. We're still guaranteed a game in regional or in state. And so now we're playing a loser out game on Wednesday morning at 1030 against the Enumclaw Hornets. The Enumclaw Hornets. Now I believe Enumclaw is right down the road from White River and they are also the Hornets. Are there a lot of bees down there? <laughs> I can find, I have never I been stung by a bee it, close to Enumclaw or White River. Because it's White River and Buckley. It is. And how close is that to the White River Amphitheater where we saw the Black Crows? Three or four miles. And it's also about five miles from my sister's house. And then Stevie Bang Bang's house is close to there. And he lives where? Maple Valley. Maple Valley. There, I have never been stung by a bee in Maple Valley. Have you ever been stung by a bee? I have. Only three times in my life. I think I've been stung twice. I, those two, the th- two of the three times I was stung, 
I got one on my foot, and that was like getting stung. I'd rather be stung 20 times in my arm than on my foot. Because of the, was it just like on sensitive? The, and I'm not, I'm kind of a wuss when it comes to that. What part of your foot? Uh, between my heel and my toes, well, right that, in the middle. That's a large area. <laughs> <laughs> that covers the entire foot. Okay. The bottom part of my, the, the middle of the bottom of my foot. Well, I think that's an important detail, the bottom of your foot, because I can imagine stepping on that would be not a, not a great experience. So and there's a difference between a yellow jacket or, let's say, a black hornet. Mm, tell me more, Mr. Science. Black hornets, I think, do not lose their stinger. Oh. So they can sting multiple times. I think a yellow jacket loses their stinger and they're done after one. So what stung the underside of your foot? I believe it was a black hornet. Did you step on it? Yes, at the cabin. Where barefoot, so that's partly my fault. <laughs> no, that's what cabins are for, though. You know, I've got my beach cabin. You've got your Eastern Washington cabin. There's only bare feet. You know, as the kids these days would say, the dogs are out. Barefoot. You got to take your dogs out. And there's a, a really close friend of ours that does not like to be barefoot in the sand. Mister. Mr. Josh Johnston. What? Does not like to be barefoot in the sand? He does not like to ha be barefoot at all. I like that feeling. We might have to fact check that, but that's 100% true. Well, I don't wow. think that's going to make it into this podcast episode. But So we play the Enumclaw Hornets, and then how would you like to be the number one seed Pullman? You have a first-round bye. You're sitting there Thursday. And uh, the Vegas odds makers have you playing the number two seed in your first quarterfinal game. I that that's not what I would expect if I was Pullman showing up to Yakima. I think that you know they just their regional game. They played R. A. Long. They were down seventeen, and they played their game in Spokane. I believe R. A. Long is the Lumberjacks. I believe they are as well. They were up, yeah, 17, 18 points, and Pullman pulled it off. They have a couple good guards. I don't know much about Pullman, but we will. They're the Greyhounds. Pullman Greyhounds. They are the Greyhounds. Small town. I th they've, been, they've done well in the past. I think we played them in the state championship. I think we did, too, and I can't remember Ty which Johnson? one. Yeah, and, and I think the other time we were in the state championship was against Clarkston? Correct. And are they the Bantams? I can't. I. That's where your uh, knowledge of high school mascots exceeds thinking, mine. I was thinking they were like a tiger or something like that. I think I, I, I do. I would not disagree with Pat at all on that. Uh, I'm not trying to. Uh, I would never dream of doing such a thing. Well, while, look it up. while Mr. Ruck is looking up. They're the, the Bantams. They are the <sighs> Bantams. What is and, a Bantam? Um, well... Is this part of your oeuvre of things you know? <laughs> is it a um, some sort of a unit of measurement? <laughs> okay, first of all, I'm, while I look that up, why would anyone ever name a mascot after a unit of measurement? So, wait, real quick. We play Enumclaw. They played... Renton. No, they played in the regional game Ridgefield. The Sputters. The, sp <laughs> the Spuds. Yes, 
Okay, so a bantam, which, you know, when you think about it, there's the bantam weight for boxing. So maybe oh, this yeah. makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a bantam is a chicken of a small breed, the male of which is noted for its aggression. So Swappy, like, you get F. Oh, <laughs> is it like the... Uh, so I have a mental image of the little, the little bird in the foghorn leghorn oh. cartoons. Was that a bantam? I could see that being a bantam. I think the important part is I'm going to give you a little credit for knowing it has something to do with size or weight. Well, I am disappointed in myself. Hey, we uh, I think we have some shout-outs, too, that we wanted to do right now before we uh, head to a break. And if there's anything else you wanted to get in for state, this is the time to do it. Well, Mr. Morgenthaler, I think that you know we have said all year long – and this is an opinion, but it's also one where we are correct that the Northwest Conference is hands down the best athletic conference there is in 2A state athletics. No question. And we took a couple of hits yesterday. We did. And with Seaholm and Anacorus losing, but we're both there, you're potentially going to see a quarterfinal matchup between Pullman Anacortes, Mark Morris Renton. And Seaholm Linden. Oh, Seaholm Linden. That is not going to be for the faint of heart. Seaholm has beat them twice this year. It's hard to beat a team three times it's in one year. It's going to be hard to beat Linden three times. Yeah. And I, I mean, and then Prosser R.A. Long. I, I, when I look at this on that bottom side of the bracket, I see Linden, Prosser in the semis. I think Linden beats Seaholm if Seaholm can get by that Wednesday game. And then, of course, Linden is in the championship again. Every. Like, what the frick? Every year. And, you know, watching them against Renton, Linden just does things right. They do. And Roper was there yesterday just high-fiving and just everyone's coming up to him. Oh, you! that was a great game Friday night. He's just loving life right now. I see in the top half of the bracket, I see – I don't care who wins that Renton-Tumwater game. Mark Morris is going to beat whoever wins that. I, I think Renton came in 22-1 and record, I believe. They looked absolutely awful against Linden. Um, I think Mark Morris wins that game. I think Anna Cordes is going to beat Enum Claw and beat Pullman. I can't wait for that. So that, again, would be a Thursday morning at 10.30. Yeah. Anna Cordes pullman You know, I, I just think... Seeing them down by R to R.A. Long by 17, they, you know, we'll have to see what they do if they play man. If they play man, then we're going to win. I think we can win that game. All those eight teams are good, and anyone can win any given day at that state tournament. You just have to be battle-tested and, I think, attack the hoop because, you know, the Dome is a three-point shooter's nightmare. How much do you think, here's a question for you, how much do you think it matters having played there? I think it I think it helps a lot. So when you look at those teams, you have Prosser, Linden, and Seaholm. They went there over Christmas break and, and played each other. And Linden obviously played there last year. They won it last year. So you're just comfortable with the dome. It's it, you know, it's there's dead spots. The background like just the peripheral vision when you're shooting on one of those sides of those hoops, 
there's 50 feet behind there that you see. So you're saying the best way to um, acclimate yourself to the dome is having played there because they've got the glass backboards that you can see through. They got a couple games going on there, and so it's difficult to to see what's going on. I so, agree. I think that 100%. You know, be, going over there during Christmas break and doing that holiday tournament helps. And it's weird. You know, we were there with the girls a few years ago. It's the, the, the previous game ends, and you get onto the court, and the, the warm-up's a little bit abbreviated, and everyone's heart's racing. And a lot of times, you know, you, you get your, your two minutes into the first quarter before you even catch your breath and have your wits about you, and you look up, and you're down eight to one. And, and before you know it, the game's over. Well, I'm, I don't – I mean, I get nightmares thinking about that game oh. when we were there. I think we got clocked, but we did. <laughs> for those of you that don't know, we lost by forty. Mm. We should have run Bison, you know. <sighs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, a great quote that maybe this takes us into our a little break here before we move on to uh, the rest of the delicacies that we have planned today in our podcast. Uh, probably applies to losing by a lot too, and that is uh, from. Fast and the Furious, and that quote is, doesn't matter whether uh, you win by an inch or a mile, winning is winning. Winning and is winning. And we just had this this weekend happen. I had a, a big issue with my kids' uh, seventh grade team, and my dad gave me a piece of advice that he heard from Ryan Keyes, Mount Vernon legend. Mount Vernon legend. There are winners and there are losers. Mm. That's it. There's nothing. You're either a winner or you're not. You're a loser. And some people are just born winners and they win. And they don't take to losing very well. And that game, we just, we didn't, we were losers. You ready for a break here? Let's take a break. All right. Well, I guess you folks will have to decide whether we are the winners or the losers. Uh, we'll see you back after the break and we'll talk a little bit more about our uh, beer of the week and what else we got planned here we got maybe some top three show action and we're going to talk about uh most recent concert we've been to all right and welcome back to the view from the rock podcast uh we Gosh, we went pretty long. We were a chatty bunch that first part before we got to a break. And so we're going to quickly talk about our beer of the week. It is uh, one that we've talked about previously, um, Paps Blue Ribbon, PBR. It is a beer I chose because uh, it has a, well, uh, a part of my childhood in it. When I went to Western, it was the beer of choice. It was the $2 pitcher that we got to have. And as I said previously, it just has this sort of sweet, easygoing um, taste to it. Uh, probably partly because it's 4.8%. Uh, Mr. Morgenthaler, or uh, Morgie, you know, he really likes to create, create the fact sheet when we do some of these things. So he would like me to say that it was established in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 1844, but currently is in San Antonio, which... I'm now sad to know that because I went to San Antonio in the last few years 
That must have been pre-COVID, I guess. Or was it post? I don't know. Anyways, I recently went to San Antonio, and I could have toured the factory. I had no idea. Uh, what else did I miss there? Oh, um, uh, Mr. Uh, Morgenthaler, Morg, you would like us to also to know that normally rural rednecks used to drink it, um, but I think that was before my time because I'm only So 25. historically and stereotypically, 70s and 80s sounded like a... Hold on a second. Need to try that. A, a, a rural redneck beer. When I think about going up to the Skagit River back in the 80s, there was, there was a lot of PBR consumed. But PBR built a following as a working man's beer, proudly claims to be union-made, but the brand was revitalized when urban hipsters like Ruck made the label fashionable in the early 2000s. And I think, Mr. Swap, we could call Ruck a, a hipster. More than, uh, more than I would describe him as a rural redneck. <laughs> you know, I think that there's an interesting crossover. I'd like to see a Venn diagram of urban hipsters on one side and rural rednecks on the other. And I think that those, those two disparate groups would come to find out they have a lot more in common with each other than you'd think. So I think when we talk about PBR... In a can, are we talking about the PBR Tallboy? Oh, definitely. I mean, I feel like that's what I always go to. That's my preference, um, but that's not how I knew it originally. Like I say, it was it was the pitcher. Um, Two dollar pitcher. Two dollar pitcher, and you know that's not like back in the nineties, like. You might have had it, but early that, 2000s, like when us urban hipsters made it popular, um, yeah, it was $2. Now, I will say that was from the up and up, which doesn't exist anymore in Bellingham. And, you know, that was not a big pitcher. It, would you was, get a $2, it was a small one. Would you get a $2 pitcher at the Black Cat? You know, if I knew what that was, I can't I think you. the Black Cat is a place in Bellingham. I think you just made that up. You know, there's there's some we'll places have, have a Uncle lot Neil. of some places have a lot of turnover up there. Um, unfortunately, the up and up is one of those. But I do not recall any sort of black cat. There was a green frog. I've, I've been to the green frog. They have an amazing grilled cheese. They do. Yeah, I might say it's world renowned. I oh, it was so good. What was on it besides cheese? Mm. I only like it with cheese. <laughs> So <laughs> they're bacon, Your tomatoes. Child. There's different. They have like 10 different grilled cheeses, and the green frog doesn't exist anymore. What? No. I went there with my wife and her coworkers, and they I was like, this is the best place on earth to look at finding a grilled cheese. They had like 15 on the menu. Well, it's also amazing. It's also and, the rare acoustic bar. So the idea is you'd go there and there'd be someone in the corner playing uh, some sort of acoustic instrument that you could listen to when you're in Bellingham. and So if you're an urban hipster, you can go, mm. could have gone mm. to the Green Frog, got Get yourself a grilled, cheese. a grilled cheese, listen to acoustic music. And then go to the Up and Up. And buy a $2 pitcher of PBR. Well, could, or you're just describing my college experience. Wow. So untapped... 
uh, ranks at a 2.9 out of 5 with about 380,000 views. You know, um, untapped. We're still legendary. I liked... So, uh, obviously... <laughs> <laughs> no one can see this other than the three of us right now, but I like hearing what J uh, uh, Morgie has to say as I see it on the fact sheet and how often it is incorrect. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, <laughs> 379,000. I like to round up. Well, and a 2.8 out of five, not a 2.9. Oh. <laughs> if you're going to write numbers down, like let's. Uh, it was let's a 2.86. And oh, you know what? So <laughs> 2.8 out of 5 is is pretty low for a beer on Untapped. But I think that I think there's there's a place for 2.8s out of 5. Uh, a McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese probably gets a 2 out of 5. But there's a place for a quarter pounder with cheese. A bag of Doritos probably gets a 1.5 out of 5, but there's a place for a bag of Doritos. Uh a a Domino's pizza probably gets a three out of five. I would say a one. But so, there's a place for Domino's pizza. I think Untapped, though, is geared toward craft beers. I think it's geared Un towards urban hipsters. Undoubtedly. I mean, I'm not going to touch on this too much, but you're scratching an itch of mine that my brother and I have debated hotly many times, and that is the idea of the ranking out of five system for... Um, places you eat, et cetera, et cetera, from the standpoint of if you like it, you feel like the expectation is a four or a five. But you know what? I like a quarter pounder with cheese. I like, I like a PBR, but it is correct if you're going to really run the gamut. If my favorite hazy IPA is a five because it's my favorite, the Pabst Blue Ribbon is probably a three, and I also like it. There's a place for threes. Yeah. So I, I have a new rating system. Tell me what you think about this. I probably won't like it, but go ahead. So when just with food, beer, anything, etc., it's a one or a zero. You're either a winner or a loser? Is that so what you're like if you like it and you're gonna promote it, it's a one. If mm. you don't like it, you say it's a zero. So there's no middle ground. Okay, I'm going to throw you a, a curveball despite me wanting to move on to our next segment. I like um, it. The curveball is we've just established we like, like, I'm speaking for you, a quarter pounder with cheese. That's one. a one. Yeah, but you would recommend that to someone else? If it's a one, and I would, I, I mean, I think most people would like a quarter pounder with cheese. Have so you, you ever so had a quarter pounder with cheese and you thought, what would this cost if I had the same burger at a sit-down restaurant. That's a great point. The The only issue I have with, with the ranking system is I don't know that there's, there are very few things that are a zero, which, you know, maybe we need that, but then if you want more detail, you can go to a different one. Mr. Morgenthaler, give me an example of something that is a zero. Nice. Cauliflower. <laughs> Peas. <laughs> cauliflower, cauliflower prepared anyway? Anyway, oh. I tried cauliflower wings one time. At Buffalo Wild Wings, they're I pretty good. I just, I ordered the wrong thing, and that was a zero. Well, I think part of that could be the disappointment of you thinking you were going to be nibbling on a, a chicken I'm wing. I'm just thinking of, like, if, if you like it, 
if we're going into the ranking, oh, it's a four, it's a three and a half. Would you eat it again? If you yes or no, it's a one or a zero. It's just clear cut. So let me let me list five things and just without thinking about it, mm. tell me one or zero. Perfect. You ready for this? I don't know if I'm ready. Pringles. One. Taco Bell. Uh, the last three years, zero. Okay, well, I'm going to caveat. Are you going off of Anacortes Taco Bell? Because There is no zero. more Taco Bell here. Uh, what, well, I know. It's where Mod Pizza is now. But that was, that a, zero. was a zero. When I first had Taco Bell for the first time in my life, it was a one. A&W Root Beer. One. Oregon Ducks. Zero. Zero. Maybe you need to invent a double zero on that scale. Negative <laughs> infinity. <laughs> uh, Mr. Morgenthaler, did you used to teach math? Is that a... Is that a no, there's no such thing okay. as negative infinity. Sorry. Well, yes, there is when math. you're talking about the organ ducks. All right. Our well, next topic. But, yep. There we go. Moving on. Next topic is our uh, most recent show or concert that we've been to, and uh, Pop Swappa. Because we talk about beers, bands, and balls. Yes, that's And we've true. talked about beers now, and we've talked about balls. Now we're going to talk about bands. The last concert we went to, last concert I went to was uh, middle of December, and uh, it was the White Buffalo down at the Showbox in Seattle. Went down with a few friends. Um. Went to several establishments before the show. Uh, saw the famous gum wall in Seattle. First time I'd been to the show box. Uh, we had VIP seating. And by VIP, I mean it was not VIP. We just had seats where you could sit. Because <laughs> uh, there's no, everyone else stood. Yes. There was like 15 seats. A lot of people were envious of us, though. And the White Buffalo, I think uh, a young man by the name of L.A. Edwards opened for him. And the White Buffalo is one of my favorite artists. Second time I've seen him, and he's amazing. If you haven't heard of the White Buffalo, I think you should check him out. Mr. Morgenthaler was there at the White Buffalo, so maybe you should choose a different concert. Just real quick, the White Buffalo was so fun. I mean, again, that was my second time seeing them, him. Uh, I just... I want him to play the Highwayman. If you're not familiar with the White Buffalo, he's he's a great big guy with long hair and a beard, deep voice, and just sings some really dark stuff, and yeah. it's really fun. And he does a cover of the Highwayman, and it is amazing. It's amazing. He didn't sing it, though, at this one. He did not. And you know what? This is a bit of a teaser. We're not going there yet. But he is related to one of your top three shows. For sure. Morgie coming up here. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so my the last show other than that that I saw was uh, a COVID show that was canceled and then put back. And it was Pearl Jam in Ari Phoenix, Arizona. And we had it set for April 2020. Right in the heart of COVID. And... So it got rescheduled. We kept our tickets, and I took Merle Schaefer, Zach Hall, and Steve Meyer, and we all met in Arizona. And it, I, if you know me, I, Pearl Jam is my number one. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing. So they played 
a two and a half hour set and one of the local senators there, Mark Kelly, he uh, was there and Eddie brought it up on stage. He said, hey, I'm changing the playlist. And all of a sudden they start playing black. And if you know me. You cried. Yes, I did. It was uh, it was amazing. And just watching Mike McCready play guitar, every single concert, he plays the song differently. And when they play black, his solo is different every time. And it, it, was, it was so fun. How many times have you seen Pearl Jam? That was my 14th time seeing them. And the first time I ever saw them was 1995. I've seen Pearl Jam one time, and I saw them in 1992. That would have been that sounds amazing. I'm old. Well, I'm gonna just throw in my most recent band that I remember going to, or a concert I remember going to. You know, there might have been one in there uh, more recently, but obviously didn't leave an impression on me. And the one that stands out most recently was The Darkness, which, if you don't know what that is, it's uh, like they took an 80s band, hair metal band, and they put them into the 2000s, the early 2000s, when these urban hipsters were drinking PBR. And their famous song... <laughs> I love it. Uh, their most famous song that got them on the board was, I believe, in a thing called Love. Um, I'm not going to do an impersonation of the part of that song that's famous because their lead singer um, can hit the high notes. All of them. Every oh, single one. Um, when Ruck introduced me to that band, I'm like, holy crap. Like, it's 1980 band in 2007. Or but 2003. Like, but, like, maybe more Polish. Like yeah. It's, like, it's all of their songs. Like, I can just listen through the albums one after another. The it's Darkness. Like, the Darkness. Uh, they had a little hiatus for a while because their lead singer... I believe his name's Justin. Don't don't remember his last name. He had some problems with the old, uh, I think, cocaine, some sort of illicit drug. It happens. Um, and uh, he eventually had to work himself through, uh, you know, NA or something like that to where I think he's in a good place now. I don't want to do too much of a bird walk here, Mr. Rock, but when you brought up cocaine, there's a hot new movie out. Ooh. Uh, Based on a true story. Yeah, it's, I think it's called The Cocaine Bear. Did did one of us see that recently? Or you're just it's on your list of things to see? Uh, no, it just came out. Okay. So we saw the trailer. So, Mr. or Swappy, do you think you can recap what happened so in the trailer? It appears that there's a bear that stumbles <laughs> upon some cocaine. That f- fell out of a plane? Into the woods. So the people that were flying the plane were throwing it out just, and someone was going to recover it. And it was recovered by a bear. Cocaine bear. And, and I think that that's the gist probably of the real story. But then I think that they've kind of made it into, from what I can tell, almost a horror story yes. of bear goes crazy uh, as if he was on PCP and just runs amok. So I think a, a, a few minutes ago we were talking about how Something can be a 2.8 and be completely 
good for us. I think Cocaine Bear on everybody's movie rating scale is probably going to be a 2.8 out of 5 tops. But if you tell me that you don't want to see Cocaine Bear because it's a 2.8, then I'm going to tell you, you are a bad person. I, I, I'm, I'm watching it. I, I think it's on the same sort of wavelength as uh, Snakes on a Plane. You remember that one? Yeah, oh, Samuel, Samuel Jackson. Jackson. Mm. And so just me being um, in the history of my family, I've killed a bear. Okay. So my cousin Andy and I, when I was 12, so that just takes it to a different level. Now, was that pelt up in your uh, grandfather's house? Because then I may have seen uh, it. It's not. That pelt is not. Okay. Was that Quaalude Bear? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Papa Swap it with a zinger. Cool. You know, our show, as it approaches the one hour mark, uh, probably means that we need to get on to our top three shows before we end today's podcast. Um, so do we want to go to a break, collect our thoughts before we do that? Or I think we, we should go to a go? break. Okay. We'll do you want to a break? Just a quick break. Quick break. break. All, All right. right. All right. And welcome back to View from the Rock podcast. And we're here for our final segment. Uh, we're going to try to keep this quick. Our final segment has to do with top three shows that you can stream. Now, the caveat with that is that they may not have been streamed originally, but we believe you could stream them now to this day. Um, speaking extemporaneously or a little off the cuff here, I hope that all of us know what streaming service these can be found on. And if we do, try to make sure you say it. Starting us off here is Papa Swappa. Top three shows to stream. You know, I've had a little streaming time lately. Um, and one of these of my top three is one that I had yet to watch that I streamed, finished streaming yesterday. So I'll go with my top three. Whoa! Going to start with... No wow. Yes. Really? Yeah, fresh in my mind. That's big news. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. Go ahead. Number three, Sons of Anarchy. This is one of the few times um, in my parenting career where I got so invested in a show that I sent all my kids to stay with my mom so that my wife and I could binge this show <laughs> without being interrupted by our children, which, you know, we are good parents. Might not have been while we were watching Sons of Anarchy. Um, you know, there, there was a lot going on here. We had a season with, uh, Henry Rollins. We had a season with, we had a season where they were in Ireland. We had a, we had a season, maybe more than one season with, uh, Jimmy Smits. Remember Jimmy Smits? Oh, I mean, so I've, it's been five years and you just finished this yesterday. No, 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 oh. no, not this one, but, but this, this season. I finished my second show yesterday. Oh, okay. Sons of Anarchy finished. Yes. Different time. Um, and the other thing with Sons of Anarchy, we brought up earlier the White Buffalo. The White Buffalo did a lot of, a lot of the music for Sons of Anarchy. I remember one of the one of the great scenes in Sons of Anarchy is when Clay, played by Ron Perlman, good follow on Twitter by the way, great Ron, follow. Yeah, Ron Perlman um, is getting his. 
is getting the tattoos blacked out, and they're playing the Whistler. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I have goosebumps oh, right wow. now. That is. I mean, if you could see Swap right now, oh. it, I can see the goosebumps through his sweatshirt. Oh, my God. It was, it was one of the most amazing <laughs> things I've ever seen. Uh, Peg Bundy oh. is in this show. Oh, my God. Uh, Gemma? A, Gemma. There's a scene where, uh, what's the guy's name who wrote the show and then plays Peg Bundy's... <sighs> uh, he's married to Peg Bundy in, in real life, life but he yes. plays a character on the show. I don't, uh, I don't remember his name, but he also he, he wrote and directed this show, and he was also part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, he wrote the S.H.I.E.L.D. Do you remember too. the scene where the character he played bit off his own tongue yes instead of becoming a snitch yes he like rammed his jaw onto a table in the prison interrogation room and cut off his own tongue yes so sons of anarchy number two for me and this is the one i finished streaming yesterday and it'd been a long time but true detective season one wow so yeah you've finished all of them I have not watched all the True Detectives. So sorry, what season did you season do? one? Season one. So you got Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey. That's the best one. I'm sorry. You don't need to watch the rest of them. That's it, what I've heard. Like I say that having not watched the third one, but I watched the second with uh, Tall Guy from Wedding Crashers, Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. You know, I'm not going to say he does a bad job. I think we're just so accustomed seeing him used to seeing him in a funny role and it just wasn't wasn't for me i right, season one hands down that's it and it's uh, it's it's good it's really good it's neck and neck with my top choice okay oh. and and uh mcconaughey in that i mean he's a pretty boy and all this other stuff and i used to not like him because all the women like him yada 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 i might even have a little man crush on him let's be honest he is amazing <laughs> all right, in that all right. show. <laughs> all right, he all right, is amazing all right. In that show, oh, he's great, and he is dark, and he's he's crazy, and I've never seen anything like that show. It was it was unbelievable. And Woody was good in it too. It's amazing. I thought they it ruined it when they did different actors, or did they just say we're not doing another season? So I think that was always the plan: was that each season was going to be a different. Uh, detective in a different spot because you know you finish that first season and he's kind of played out his he's you know sort of solved his issues as far as the demons yeah. that are going on for him so I don't know that you could win any further with his story so I understand that but you know that's tough then you've got to you've got to really bring it together for your next couple and that's well I want to like I want to rewatch it it's been four years yeah same now that I've seen it, I want to rewatch it knowing what I'm seeing. Because some of the dialogue in it oh. is unreal. How about that number one? What's your number one? I bet I bet that you guys also have this on your list. Best show I've ever seen. Breaking Bad. I'm not gonna tell you mine, but I, I think it's amazing. Walter White, Jesse. I just mean, the whole premise. You know, I don't recommend very many shows to my parents. Um, and I don't know that they would really like it, but I, I at least plugged it to my parents like, hey, this is one of the best shows I've seen. Um, you know, I don't think that this is really the reason why I like it so much, but 
there is the education factor involved. Like he's a teacher. He's had enough. He's got some other stuff that happens, of course. He has cancer. Yes. <laughs> Chemist. Yep. No, it's it's uh it's it's got it's it's very violent and you know, it's not a show obviously you would recommend to to kids. Um but these sh- it's a show and I think Sons of Anarchy was this way too where it's so violent but it's also so well done and the acting is so good. Brian Cranston. Yeah. He, oh, he's amazing. He, he's awesome. And you know the thing with is it kind of a juxtaposition um with your true detective versus Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was consistent through all the seasons. All the seasons are great. Like you're always going to have at the end of the final season with a finale, people saying that it was awesome, people saying it was terrible. And I think there's that controversy is around Breaking Bad too. Um, but it was know. it was I think it was well done. like it was well done. Well, and think just about just the brother-in-law and all that just the what happened. And think about all the spin-offs they've had from oh, that. They had the spin-off Better Called Saul. So they've got that and that's one of the best TV shows out there as well. It's not on my top three, but really good. And then they had the the movie with Jesse Pinkman. They um, had the movie. And the and the 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 kid that played uh he was a bad guy in Breaking Bad, but he played Landry in Friday Night Lights. Oh yeah. Remember that guy oh, I'm talking yeah. about? Yes. And he was crazy in Breaking Bad. Well if you think about the Super Bowl, they brought the Doritos commercial back with 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 uh, Cranston and Jesse. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hey, and speaking of Jesse, his real name, I don't know, but he's from Boise. Something Paul? Oh. Yes. Maybe? That's 100%. You know I what? I think you're right. This would be a good time uh, to move on to Morgie's okay. top three while I uh, fact check who that guy is. So my number three is Sons of Anarchy, Jax. I love him. Just he told Clay to suck it and just get done with it. And then his mom, the whole thing with his mom and just the wife and just a great show. Number two, uh, it was tough. Ozarks. Oh, yeah. Oh. I think that's one of the best, like, endings for a show recently. Oh. Oh. I just Marty finished that and last Wendy week. Bird. I mean, if you look at the first or second episode, it just it. I mean, what happened in Chicago? Yes. And then they go down and <laughs> they show up to the the Ozarks and just ah oh, and Ruth Ruth Langmore. Yes. So you're hitting on that. There's a lot of great characters in there. Um, one of the characters and an interaction they have, I was I, I don't think I've ever been more disturbed than I was watching in that show. So just another plug here to say, I think all the shows we're going to say today are not for kids, um, should not probably be watched by kids. Uh, but what's the, the person that has the poppy farm, the old lady? What's her name? Darlene Snell. Oh, she disturbs me greatly. <laughs> and that's uh, all I have to say about that. You I, know why? You know, when I... Just how she talks. She's crazy. Oh, I mean, I, yeah, like you said, but that, 
Darlene Snell. Oh my goodness. See, it's just it just brings me back. I need to we need to rewatch these. I know it. Because it just goes away. But I want to rewatch them all. And so I now think I'm gonna rewatch them. When you know what happens, you know, it ruins part of it, but when you know what happens, you can go back and appreciate some of the things that you couldn't when you were watching it the first time. So Ruth's cousin, Wyatt, ended up, yeah, hanging out with with <laughs> the <laughs> the old lady. Oh. Uh, uh, more than but, hanging out, I think I, they got well, married. Yes. But you think about it on a side note, when I watch that show and I see Ozarks, it gives me flashbacks to college because we played College of the Ozarks in the Sweet 16. Was that in Nampa, Idaho? Correct. 1997 National Tournament. And we're like, where the frick is College of the Ozarks? And then we found out, oh, Missouri. Is that the technical term? I think that's how they say it there, but I'm not sure. We, we say Missouri. Yeah. Tim Starkovich's mom was born and raised in uh, Missouri. She goes, Missouri. Hmm. Did she go to College of the Ozarks? No. But anyway, it just brought, it was just like, uh, College of the Ozarks. So, Mr. Morgenthaler, that was one of the great spectator events in my young adulthood was the NAIA Division II National Tournament in Nampa, Idaho. I know. Where as and a student, I could get a $15 general admission ticket and go to every game. Well, we lost, so uh -huh. they can suck it, College of the Ozarks. I still love that show. Number one for me, Breaking Bad. Yep. It just, it is. And when you have two great minds like ourselves that agree on something. Oh, that's that's, uh, I mean, that doesn't happen very often. You know what? So, who's the creepiest guy? I hate to put you on the spot here. The creepiest guy in that show. So the creepiest guy for me is back in the game. He's he's all around. I I don't know his name because it's been a couple years or a year since. But he was the owner of the chicken rest or the the restaurant. Gus. Yes. Mm. He, oh my god. That's exactly who I had in mind. He, oh, he scared the hell out of me. And now he's in, what is he in now? Oh, yeah. Is he in something now? Yes. He's in that Kaleidoscope show, isn't he? On Netflix, the one where you're, you don't have to watch the Oh, yeah, I just watched him. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what? That, what? It's some sort of oh. new thing they're trying out every now and then on these streaming yes. services where they drop all eight episodes. And they sort of randomize, I think, what episodes are show up in the order for you. And they don't number them. The episodes are like blue, green, yellow, red. And you're supposed to be able to watch the episodes in any order. And Can you tell him, swap a little bit about that show? Well, uh, that's about all I know okay. about that show. So that was the little bit I could tell him. Well, can you imagine if they had done that with Breaking Bad? And you remember the scene where Hank figures out that Walter Walter is Heisenberg. He's hmm. sitting on the toilet reading a book and he sees the inscription. I can't remember the details. You remember what I'm talking about? Yes, exactly. And I, he looks up and he, and he like he's like, "Oh my, you can see the look on his face. Great acting. Walt is Heisenberg." How about the in the desert or that that scene. 
where the shootout. Yeah. Again, you know, we're not going to uh, give out details if you haven't seen the show. Well, what you're hitting on there is that that show has a lot of scenes that are memorable that we think back to and go, oh, that was a great one. Oh, that was a great one. I mean, the one that they had in the Super Bowl ad was a scene that we remember. It as was well. in the, was it in the motorhome? Uh, it's where they're standing out there and oh. basically like the, the drug dealer, yeah. you know, wants them to produce more. Well, uh, but he wanted more Doritos, I think. In the yes, even even now, if you're driving anywhere and you're out in the middle of nowhere and you see an RV sitting in the middle of a field, Ooh. you're like they're making meth. Yeah, or if it's down on Q or S Avenue, uh, I think it's T. Whatever, below R, none of those streets are real. Um, hey, I'm gonna bring it home. Um, my picks are a little different than yours. Surprise, surprise. Um, all the shows that you said, I've seen. I've seen all of them. They're great. They're, they were considerations for my top three. I got a little lost in the woods and started texting with my brother. And that did not help me have a clear mind about really what my top three is. Um, but I'm just going to roll it out there. Number three, West Wing. Um, Ooh. You know, for me, a big factor was consistency and rewatchability. And I think at this point, West Wing, I've watched three or four times all the way through. Uh, if you don't know what West Wing is, do you guys know what West Wing is? I do. You've seen it? Um, I've seen a couple episodes here or there. Never watched. Wow. But well, it was about the presidency? Yeah. So as you can imagine, West Wing is the term for the white part of the White House where the president is. Um, and, you know, it just follows the day-to-day activities of the president and the thing that was unique about it was the conversational style behind the scenes um, in the White House. And famous famous writer um, who also wrote The Social Network, his name's Aaron something. Um, it, it was like- Sorkin? Aaron Sorkin, thank you. Wow. Oh, look at look you, at Mr. Morgan Faller. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. That's worth, uh, that gives so, me- So, yeah, so that show kind of- I mean, I guess kids could watch it. It's not oh, yeah. too bad. Um, it was a network TV show. Now streams on HBO. Uh, loved it. But it's like machine gun fire conversation as they're walking through the um, the innards of the the West Wing. Loved it. Um, so was that Martin Sheen? Yes. yes. Was the president? Yep. And the little, not, uh, little known fact about that is that um, in that show, he's wearing a jacket a lot, obviously, because he's playing president, so you'd be wearing the suit. And he has an issue with his arm that he can't raise it above his shoulder. So when you see him in the show, put that jacket on, it looks real funny. He sort of like throws it over himself like that. And it sort of became a defining characteristic of his character. But it was also sort of a, a thing he can't do in real life either. He can't bring his one of his arms up above his shoulder. Um, number two for me, uh, The Wire. Oh. Ooh. Have you guys seen The Wire? Some. So The Wire also, streamable on HBO. Um, The thing about The Wire that was impressive to me was its consistency, rewatchability for me, yet each season was different. They focused on different parts of what it was like to um, encounter drug life um, in, in the projects of Baltimore. And so like the second season is the docs. At one point they go into what for one season, the sort of impact of the drugs 
that are there um, on the schools and then eventually on like politics and government. So you sort of see from season one all the way through to the end, the impact that drugs have on society there in Baltimore. So, um, you know, goes pretty deep. And number one for me as a show that I probably watch at least one episode every week of, and I can quote uh, lines from it, and that would be Seinfeld. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Seinfeld is just... <sighs> I know. That it, was back in the day when you had to wait a week for the new one to come out. And then for the next week, people would be talking about the last episode. Well, yeah, around the water cooler, which they yes. used to have back in the day. See, I think when we talk about that, then we go like those type of shows... The What's office. the top three? Yeah. Like Seinfeld, Cheers. MASH? MASH. Well, not... <laughs> well, but the, it was... It but was a but big like, thing those, like I don't put those in... This category? Yeah. But they Maybe. can be streamed. Streamed. Yeah, I know. Seinfeld on so Netflix. We need yeah. to, so we need to figure out an, uh, a way to, to give... Because Seinfeld was... Like, I went to... Real quick, I went to Australia. I had watched the end of Seinfeld... The end. I get to Australia. They're three months behind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> wow. And I'm watching. I'm like, oh. They're like, what do you What do you mean? I'm like, no, don't worry. I so maybe. I won't tell you. <laughs> so maybe for a future top three, we talk about top three shows that you had to wait a week for. Because that's different. For, that's, that changes the whole spectrum for me because we can stream these maybe instead of top three shows to stream this could have been binge watch mm. but hey get back to seinfeld yes so you know seinfeld for me is that show that we all have where it's your comfort blanket it's the one where you're like i don't want to invest in a new show i don't know if it's going to be any good and i can just put those episodes on anytime i want the one thing i'll say about seinfeld is even if you really like it, you go back and you try to watch those first few seasons. I wouldn't say it's bad, but I would say it's not great. It's the laugh track. The laugh track, you know, there's a thing with, <laughs> well, there's a, there's a thing with, I feel like comedies, even in the office, I feel like it has this and, and parks and rec and also even in community. And those are like my wheelhouse of comedy shows that I love the first couple seasons. Sometimes at least the first one, they don't know the characters like like Kramer isn't fully developed in those first few seasons. He's a weird neighbor guy, but he's not zooming through the door and saying crazy stuff. Like I feel like in these comedy shows, they write themselves into the character and all of a sudden, you know what the character is going to say in response to these different things. And that's part of it. Like you get to know them. Now they're almost your friends. And now they're saying the funny stuff that, you know, we try to say on the podcast and fail to do. Curb your enthusiasm. That, I mean, it's the same guy. So Larry I, David. Ha, I honestly, I've seen one episode. Whoa. So I'm going to start watching that. It's really tonight. good, but it's for a certain kind of person. Yes. But to your point, Mr. Ruck, I remember listening to a podcast about The Office. And if you watch season one of The Office, you can, you can see this. They, the makers of the show decided after season one, they needed to make Michael Scott kind of nice. Where in the first season... He was he had a lot of the same idiosyncrasies, but he wasn't a nice human. And then once he became nice, everything kind of fell into place. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, um, I think it's, I, I can't imagine what that would be like trying to discover what a character is. Um, you know, the office would be up there for me, but it, you know, I don't even think it's the first season that does that keeps it out of my top three. I would say as soon as Michael Scott left that, uh, the office was was downhill for me. As soon as they brought in James Spader, it mm. went way downhill. At the <laughs> at his house of the pool. Yeah, that was weird. Like, how did they decide bringing in James Spader was a good idea? Oh my God, we could talk about the office for what, like one night. Like when remember when Michael, they went to the and his girlfriend, and they went to their house. For dinner. <laughs> oh, Jan. Uh, and Jan, Jan. And there's a TV. Jan. And, oh, my God. I and like... do you remember when Will Ferrell was in it? And what was the name of the guy he played? It was D'Angelo Vickers. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, uh, they also bring in uh, another guy who's in um, Anchorman with yeah, Will Ferrell. No, it's the same guy. He always busts everyone's chops. Yeah. What, what's his name in what the show? What's he bust? Well, I was gonna say they're chops. Yeah, that's that's a good good choice, Mister <laughs> Morgan. Okay, what's his name in the office? Do you remember? Because I know he's Champ Kind in the Anchorman. Who is it in the office? I don't know. Uh, oh, he's a great character, but he is definitely a, a niche character in all those. Um, you know, since we're now at the one hour and twenty one minute mark, it's probably time for us to wrap this bad boy up. You have any final final remarks about our shows or anything that we? Todd Packer. Todd Packer. Todd Packer. Thank you. Oh, mm. my goodness. Really? That's amazing. Well, I Googled it. <laughs> I know, but just the name, Todd Packer. I know, and I'm disappointed in myself because I didn't know what a bantam was. Uh, I and know. And I had to you, Google you get, Todd Packer. Hey, guess what? Mr. Moore, Mr. Swap gets F. <laughs> so, next podcast... We may have a special guest. We're going to have state tournament review, spring sports preview. Might even have an MLB spring training preview. That would we be nice. could possibly be talking about... Maybe just high school spring sports preview as well. You know, there's a lot of things on the table. And we encourage you to uh, tune in next time to find out. And our beer of the week... Will uh, be... Something that uh, Morgie picks... It'll be wet and it'll be cold. It's going to be amazing. See you next time.